Welcome to From Ashes to Beauty with John Ortberg. Each day, Monday through Friday, you'll find 10 minutes of relevant spiritual guidance on the kind of people we are becoming. Follow us on YouTube at becomenew.me or receive daily text alerts when a new episode is published by texting the word BECOME to the number 56525. Invite a friend to listen along by sharing this podcast or sharing the link becomenew.me. We're glad you're here. And now, here's John. Start with a question. If somebody were to ask you, what was Jesus' superpower, what would you say? We're fascinated by superheroes. Superman could fly. Hulk is really strong. Wonder Woman had those bracelets that could ward off bullets. If somebody wanted to know, what was the superpower that Jesus most relied on, what do you think you might say? We'll come back to that. We're on this spiritual journey to Jesus, to life. Easter's coming up, and so this is a season that is called Lent. The series is From Ashes to Beauty, because God promises that for us. I don't know if you know a lot about Jesus, church, or uh, very little, but I'm so glad that you're part of this. And you might think to begin spiritual life, we ought to start with just make it a really strong resolution. God, here's what I'm going to do for you. I will muster all my strength and my willpower. But actually, spiritual life begins exactly the opposite of that. It's quite counterintuitive by my simply saying to God, God, I can't do those things. I can't run my life. Can't be who I want to be. And so, gang, we are the fellowship of the withered hand. We're like that guy in Jesus' story that has this part of him that there's no strength in it all, and he's most ashamed of it, and yet Jesus comes to him in love and says, "Ah, I want you. I will give you the power to do what you cannot do. Stretch out your hand. And so, in coming together, we practice not celebrating each other's strengths, but the celebration of personal inadequacy. Because it's not that inadequacy is such a great thing, but we all are inadequate. And when we come out of denial, the recognition and public acknowledgement of inadequacy is a spiritual achievement that needs to be celebrated and ritualized. So this is just the truth about me. I am personally inadequate. I am a sinner, can't get there on myself, I'm weak, I need God, and so do you. And if you don't know that, coming to know that will be a real good thing. You can't manage life on your own. Richard Rohr says, unless and until some person, situation, idea, conflict, relationship comes into your life that you cannot manage, you will never meet the true manager. Therefore, God will be sure to send several things into your life that you cannot manage. And that's a real good thing, although we don't like it. And that might be your job or your finances or a habit or maybe a person. Maybe a person named unmanageable is sitting next to you right now and you want to turn to them and say, thank you for being unmanageable. You are help leading me to God. We were not meant to run on our own power. We were not meant to manage our lives. And that's where we begin. And what I want to talk about today and then invite you to name that to God today is a man who discovered that in a very profound way that's influenced people for 2,000 years. Now, he was a gifted man. His name was Paul. And if anybody looked like he'd be able to manage his own life, it would be the Apostle Paul. He was a brilliant guy, always the smartest guy in the room. But that can be a little bit of a challenge. People don't always want to sit next to the smartest guy in the room. He was cultured. He was educated. He had a tenacious will. 
It had profound spiritual experiences, which in that culture made him all the more impressive. But precisely for all those reasons, Paul writes these amazing words. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited. See, ironically, it's not strength, it's ego, it's pride, it's arrogance, it's I can run my own life that gets all of us in trouble because then we think we're God and we're not. I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you and my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly, not about my gifts and IQ and strength, but my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. I will boast about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest upon me. Thank God for my thorn. Now, he didn't start there. We don't know what the thorn was. People have made all kinds of guesses. Paul wrote about being anxious for the church. Maybe he was an anxious person. He said that people would comment on how, how his letters were uh, very strong and very impressive, but when he showed up in person, not impressive at all. Maybe there was something weird about his physical appearance. Whatever it was, it was not a slight inconvenience. Paul says, it tormented me. And there is this strange depth to his suffering. It wasn't sent from God. He calls it a messenger of Satan. Suffering, pain, that's not God's invention. That's dark. And yet God was able to bend it, to use it towards good purposes so that I would not become conceited, so I wouldn't become proud, so that I wouldn't end up shutting off God's power in my life. Paul says, when the thorn came, it is a defect, it is a weakness, it is a circumstance that he desperately did not want. And he asked, God, take it away. Nothing. God, take it away. Nothing. Third time, God doesn't do it. Paul didn't get what he wanted, but he did get an answer from God. And the answer was, my grace is sufficient for you. I, I will not take the thorn away, but I will give you grace to bear it. And my strength is made perfect in weakness. So Paul stopped asking for thorn removal. And he gloried at finding God in the midst of carrying a thorn. I don't know what your thorn is. I know for me, especially over this last season, there have been circumstances that have been so painful to me. And my first prayer is, God, change this circumstance. And I've heard from so many of you about um, it may be a habit that you wrestle with or concern over one of your children or feeling alone. God, change my circumstance. And, and it's not bad to talk with God about that. It's not bad to talk with God about the thorn. But prayer is not primarily about circumstance acquisition. And I was kind of in circumstance acquisition mode. God, give me this circumstance. And if you won't do that for me, then like, are you really there? Or am I doing something wrong? Paul stops asking for thorn removal. Sometimes my job isn't to try to get God to give me another circumstance, but to find God precisely in the circumstance I'm in. And then we learn. Paul stepped into this strange new reality for all of his brilliance and giftedness and energy and creativity and will. That is not what allowed God's power to flow through him. It was his need. It was his weakness. And it's this way for all of us. It's the humility to say, okay, God, I surrender. I can't do this. 
and God's God's power flows in weakness in a way that it doesn't through human strength. I took my dad to the Galapagos Island, a lifelong dream of his, a few months before he died. And he had this cavernome in his brainstem, kind of like a tumor, so that it was very difficult for him. He could barely walk. His uh, face was distorted. His voice was kind of garbled. And uh, he couldn't do most of the activities. He would try to get into this rubber raft where we would take an excursion. And it was just torture making his way down the ladder. Everybody would have to try to help him into the boat and prop him up. Um, when we had meals with other people, he couldn't speak very clearly and couldn't tell sometimes if the food was on his face. I wasn't sure how people were responding and it was a little embarrassing, but I had three people come up to me and say, you know, your dad is a hero to me. Your dad has inspired me. I hope when I face what he's facing, I could have his attitude. My dad had the power to inspire people in his weakness that he never would have had in strength. And God is that way. And so I think sometimes, you know, we're all about strength. We have profiles called strength finders. We ought to have profiles called weakness finders. That's what Jesus did. The people that he collected that were able to surrender to God, lepers, prostitutes, adulterers, pagans, doubters, deniers, betrayers, you all come. And then was this movement that took over the world because God's strength is made perfect in weakness. And so we are the fellowship of the withered hand. We celebrate personal inadequacy, whatever that is for you, your failure, your sin, your addiction, your eating disorder, your depression, your anxiety. That does not close the door to God being in your life. That's the very thing that will cause you to open your door to God. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And we see this ultimately in the one that we follow. Jesus did not come in great strength. He was born in a manger. He would be tired. He would get thirsty. When they cut him, he bled. When they hurt him, he wept. They beat him and whipped him, and he got weaker and weaker right up to the end of his life. And they put him on a cross, and the strength drained out of him, and he died a miserable failure. And through that, God expressed his love to this world in a way that has redeemed the cosmos. And Jesus was able to forgive when he was hated and able to love when he was reviled. And, and that's how, and that's how, see, sin, guilt, and death were defeated was through his weakness on a cross. Weakness was his superpower. Weakness was his superpower. Weakness. Who knew? So now today, this is the first stage of spiritual life. I want to invite you to say a prayer to God. And you can just do that on your own and let God know, God, I cannot manage my life. I do not have the power to be the person that I want to be. And I want to acknowledge that to you. And I want to ask for your power to be made great in my weakness. And then this weekend, uh, I hope you're a part of a fellowship of a worshiping community, and I will see you Monday.